the show is supposed to start. Yeah, last Friday, a little bit of a wet fart. No music. This is much better. Much better. Never miss a Friday show. Oh, my God, we have so much to get to tonight. We're going to talk Brewers. Oh, oh, oh yes. Uh, and see if you'll be clapping here in a couple minutes. The Wade Miley injury is not great, so we got to deal with that. I want to play a little uh, stock market game tonight at 4.30. We all like stocks. Yeah. I'm going to talk stocks in a little bit. I, I got to tell you about a couple things that happened this week, and we didn't get to do this last week. Really good joke went to waste. I had some joke that was comparing the, the Bidens to the Van Ness family. It was going to be great, but it aged out. It's, it was a timely joke, so that one. That one will just never be told. I want to start tonight in the state of Montana. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but Montana lawmakers voted this week to ban TikTok, making Montana the first state to take a stand against the Chinese tech company. Fascinating, right? Now, the bill signed on Wednesday by the governor would fine TikTok and online app stores for making the service available to state residents. Now, it goes into effect next year. Still hurdles to clear, but the ball is in motion. Now, this move caught the eye of Brewer's owner, Mark Atanasio, who's very much up to date with the comings and goings in, in government and foreign relations. He has now hired lobbyists in the state of Wisconsin to push Tony Evers to ban Twitter in the state. I know, isn't that wild? Atanasio told reporters on Thursday, quote, if Montana can ban TikTok dancers, we can ban Twitter accounts like Onabam for ripping our lineup every single day. <laughs> want to do and don't and don't let the twitter trolls stop you oh and lastly country music superstar morgan wallen announced last week that he's canceling six weeks of shows after getting bad news from his doctor regarding his strained vocal cords not great now this is the second set of postponements on this tour after wallen took 10 days off for vocal rest and performed three shows uh a week and a half ago now so just for those of you keeping track at home missing shows coming back not ready and then missing more shows. Who does Morgan Wall think he is? You think he Chris Middleton? What was going on here? That's, that's low hanging. <laughs> we got a great show. Yeah, we just we just didn't get the hit with one minute on base. You know, kind of had some traffic, a lot of innings, or a runner on, and a lot of innings, and the hit with the runner on base, or the extra base hit with the runner on base, never happened. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. And that, that, ladies and gentlemen, is how you begin a Friday show. Much better than last week. Sorry again about last week. I know people have high standards every every Friday at 4 o'clock. Uh, some negative news, and I did not hear Zach's update at 4 o'clock. He might have snuck this in just in time. Breaking news as of about 10 or 15 minutes ago. Uh, Brewers anticipate left-handed pitcher Wade Miley missing six to eight weeks. Cool. This from Adam McCauley. Further testing showed that it's not a lat injury as initially thought. It is instead a strain of the posterior serratus muscle. Ah, yes, of course. Good, how are you? <laughs> because that is rare for a baseball player... It means there is some uncertainty in the timeline. Well, I suppose uncertainty goes either way. I mean, we have no precedent for this or not much baseball players. So maybe that means he only misses a week. Who, who knows? Pretty sure that's not how this is going to go. So six to eight weeks for Wade Miley. Great. I actually don't really fault the Brewers for this. 
uh, Brett and Tosa, he's on Twitter at BGlazer8, who's, I think, one of the best Brewers voices, at least in the, the fan space. He's not a reporter. He's, you know, he, he's not connected like some, but his takes are always really on point. He tweeted this 10 minutes ago, and I agree. Brewers starting pitching depth and injuries killed the 2022 season. So Matt Arnold goes out and gets seven big league starting pitchers for 2023, middle of May, and we're down to four. I can't really fault the Brewers for that. It's not like they didn't come into the season ready. Aaron Ashby got hurt. Wade Miley got hurt. Brandon Woodruff got hurt. The Brewers had depth. We came into this season, I remember in spring training, like, man, we, we don't have enough work for all these guys. You got too many arms. How great is this? Well, uh, now they're down to four. And two of them are Adrian Hauser and Eric Lauer. <laughs> so not, not ideal. Not ideal. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having a great Friday. Never miss a Friday show. You're in the right place. We only have an hour today because the Brewers play tonight at 540, which means the pregame starts at 505, which is perfect. We can have an hour worth of sparkling conversation about our sports teams and and about Wisconsin sports and sports at large. And then from 502 to 505, we can listen to a little Jimmy Buffett, and then we all kick off early for the weekend. How does that sound? Great plan, right? I like that a lot. 608-796-2558 if you want to text or call the show. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. This is a really good tweet from Brett. This is a good point. I don't think the Brewers erred in not having enough starting pitching on this team. I just, they really got hit with injuries all at one position. I mean, they also got hit with injuries in the infield, and they also got hit with injuries in the outfield. But other than that, they're pretty healthy. Other, other than that, they're just fine. I want to start with the basketball game last night, and then I want to get back into the Brewers. I want to start with game two of the Western Conference Finals last night. Because I think that game, like game one, taught us a lot about the NBA playoffs and maybe taught us a thing or two about our Bucks team as well and their failure a couple of weeks ago. So Lakers-Nuggets game two last night. Denver favored by five and a half points. They trailed most of the game. They came back, a lot of fourth quarter scoring, and they won in the end. So they're up 2-0. This series so far reminds me a lot of Bucks Suns in 2021, the NBA Finals. The Lakers, who are down 0-2, have looked pretty good, and they've done a lot of good things. In fact, and Michael Malone pointed this out, the Nuggets coach brought this up after the game last night, I think the overwhelming takeaway from a lot of sports talkers after game one was, hey, the Lakers lost, but they're in a good spot. Saw a lot of good things, noticed a lot of good things. Right, I think the the buzz has been mostly positive. The the chatter has been mostly positive for the Lakers this week, despite now them being down 0-2. Lakers have looked good. Austin Reeves is hitting tough shots. He looks legit, like a guy who can actually ball and, and a guy you can count on in the postseason. Rui Hachimura had 21 points on 8-10 shooting last night. The Bucks version of this would be like if Joe Ingles was cooking and hitting really rough shots. Grant, is that just because he's white? Kind of. He was just the first one that came to mind. Austin Reeves, Joe Ingles, neither one great defensively. Little playmaking, little shot making, three-point, mid-range. Like, their games are similar-ish. So imagine if Joe Ingles was cooking and hitting tough contested shots, and then Bobby Portis was scoring 25 uh, on some really efficient shooting numbers. That's basically what the Lakers got from Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. Things have gone well for the Lakers. The thing is, the Nuggets might just be that good. And I remember saying that in the finals in 2021. It's like the Bucks in game one and game two looked pretty good. Giannis looked pretty good. But, man, the Suns are just great. Like, Mikhail Bridges is hitting corner threes. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, they're doing their thing. It's like, man, the Suns team is really good. And it might not matter how well the Bucks play. The Suns might just be better. And, of course, 
as the series went on. We saw the Bucks get a little bit better at this and improve here uh, and just out-execute the Suns in the fourth quarter and fight back to win that series. Championship teams always have to have a counterpunch. Okay? Let me explain what I mean. When Anthony Davis goes for 40, as he did in game one, that means if the Nuggets are a championship team, Nikola Jokic needs to raise his game and do what he did in game one. He went for 34, 21, and 14. KCP went for 21. Bruce Brown went for 16 off the bench. Last night when Rui Hachimura hits every shot, you're like, where is this coming? He's got 20-plus points. Well, then that means Jamal Murray's got to step up and score 23 in the fourth quarter, right? Championship teams always have to have a counterpunch because it would have been easy for, for Denver in game one to say, well, Anthony Davis won't do that again, and he probably won't. Anthony Davis probably isn't going to score 40 again in this series. He certainly didn't last night. And it would have been easy for Denver after game one if they would have lost to say, well, Anthony Davis won't do that again. Or if Denver were lost last night, would have been easy for them to say, well, Rui Hachimura won't do that again. But that's what loser teams say. And that's what loser fans say. I know because that's what Bucks fans said during the Heat series. Well, the Heat, after game one, are going to shoot like that again. Really? Have you been watching the last three weeks? They shot 51% from three in game one against the Celtics the other night. They're still shooting that well. Teams and fan base would say, well, they're not going to shoot that well again. Mm, uh, red flag. Loser mentality. Loser approach. I remember folks saying in, in that Buck series, well, Jimmy Butler can't keep this up. Oh, is that right? Is that right? Two rounds later, he might be playing better now than he was against the Bucks. I remember all the tweets. Heat aren't going to keep this up. No way they shoot like this again. I saw John Hollinger the other night after Heat Celtics. Like, oh, the Celtics might have to laugh this off. The Heat just shot out of their minds. Yeah, that's what they tend to do. It happens. Loser teams take a punch and say, well, that won't happen again. Winning teams take a punch and punch back harder. And the Nuggets through two games have had counter punches to Anthony Davis having a scoring explosion in game one. Or Rui Hachimura, of all people, coming out of nowhere and scoring 20-plus points in game two. The Nuggets didn't say, well, Anthony Davis won't do that again. Rui Hachimura, that's not going to happen twice. No, they had a counter punch. And they were able to overcome Anthony Davis going nuts. They were able to overcome Rui Hachimura having a really uncharacteristic scoring night. And that's what's the difference between a team that loses in the first round to the Miami Heat and a team that's really playing really well and staving off a Lakers team that I thought played pretty well in games one and games two. So shout out to the Nuggets. I kind of think, I kind of hope that maybe the Lakers win a game or two at home and make this a series, at least similar to what the Suns did in the last round. I at least want a series. And I think we'll get one. And I wouldn't be surprised if this series goes the way of the 21 finals. Where game one, game two, it looked like one team was just better. And then slowly but surely, the other team just kept coming, 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 coming into the series. Turns into a real series. And and maybe the Lakers can get back into this. We'll see. But that was, that was my thought last night. It's like, that's the difference between the Nuggets and a team like the Bucks that was bounced early. All right, let's shift to this. Let's shift. Let's talk about the Brewers. I don't mean to be dramatic. I don't mean to be somebody who overreacts to a bad series or a bad night. And I certainly don't want to be someone that overreacts to an injury. And we got bad injury news today. Wade Miley's going to miss a month or two. It seems. I don't want to be dramatic. I don't want to be overreaction guy, but I really want to see something 
from the Brewers this weekend. I really want to see something from the Brewers this weekend. They're going to Tampa, playing in the drop against a Rays team that is really, really good. Show me. Show me something. Show me some life. Show me some zing. Show me some zest, some pep. Show me something. Right? Nick Wright, who's one of my favorite sportscasters, who I I, I don't rip him off because I give him credit. I always borrow material. He keeps asking of the Celtics last couple weeks. When was the last time the Celtics looked like a great team? Right? In reputation and in status and in seating and in MVP voting and in all pro consideration, the Celtics have all of the, the clout. Right? They have all the status. They have all the reputation. But watch the games. When was the last time the Celtics looked like a great team? And Nick Wright has said this, and I agree, that I think, honestly, it was that regular season game versus our Bucks when they won by 40, that Thursday night game. I remember Bill Michaels was there. I don't remember why I remember that so clearly. I don't know, but I do. That was the last time the Celtics really made you think, wow, this is an elite team. Now, Jason Tatum had a great fourth quarter against the Sixers, but they were facing elimination in that game. They were, they were a couple of bounces the ball away from being bounced. And then in Game 7, yeah, Jason Tatum went for 50. But as a team, coach, superstar, offense, defense, the last time I watched the Celtics and thought, wow, that is a legit team, it was in the regular season against the Bucs. That was on March 30th, a long time ago now. I I think of the Packers in 2021. They were the one seed, home field advantage throughout, bye week in the first week of the postseason. And then they lose to the Niners, and it was an upset. Certainly a game the Packers should have won, but let's look back at it. When was the last time that Packers team looked great and showed us a great performance? It's probably late November of that year when they beat the Rams. And then they had a bye week, and then the, the week after, they beat the Chicago Bears 45-30, to 30, but there were warts in that game, too. They didn't look good against the Ravens, didn't look good against the Browns, didn't look good in Week 17 against the Lions. The Packers went on a long stretch at the end of the year where they never really looked elite. The Celtics really haven't looked elite. I'm not expecting the Brewers to be on the same level as the Celtics, who've been the prohibitive title favorites at at multiple junctures of this postseason. And I'm not asking the Brewers to be what the Packers were in 2021, which was a top seed with a first round by home field advantage title favorite in their conference. That's not what I'm asking for the Brewers. I'm simply using the Celtics and the Packers as examples of teams that went a long time without really showing us that they're a great team. Show it, show it to me. Show me that you're great. I know you're, you have the record. I know that you're going into the postseason in a good spot. You haven't shown me anything. I want the Brewers to show me something. I want to see something from this team. Because when was the last time you watched this Brewers team and thought, wow, this, is, this could be a great team. There's something cooking here. This is a team that could make the playoffs and maybe win a series or two. I know they've only played, you know, 40 games and change. And I know they're in first place. But I'm looking at the Brewers schedule right now. The last time I really felt good about this team was probably mid-April when they went on that West Coast trip and they won two of, or three of four in San Diego. They won three in a row. They swept Seattle. And then they lost two of three to Boston. And then they lost two of three to Detroit. They held serve at home against the Angels, but then they went out and got swept by the Rockies and lost two of three to the Giants. Neither one of those teams are good. Lost two of three to the Dodgers. Right? They most recently lost two of three to the... Like, it just hasn't looked great. They've held held serve and they've, you know, treaded water. I, I don't just want to tread water. Show me a series where I think, wow, this team has some mojo. This team has some zep. 
some some zest, some pep, some zing, something. I want to I want to see something. Can we win four of five or five of six? Can we win two or three series in a row? Because this team just really is uninspiring to me right now. Got three against Tampa Bay, then the Astros next week, and then four at home against the Giants, a team that knocked them around pretty good a week or so ago when they were in San Francisco. So we'll see. I I just want to see something from this Brewers team. Show me something. Get me excited. Show me that this isn't just a slightly above average team playing in a slightly below average division. That'd be great. And maybe they don't have it in them. They got a lot of injuries. They're young. I understand. Expectations matter. Perspective matters. They're still in first place, but show me some. Show me a little something. Let's take a three-minute break. If you want to join me to talk Brewers, you can. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We're going to play a little stock market game at 435. I own lots of different sports stocks. Some of them are doing very well. Some are not. And I will uh, I will own up to my stock market mistakes and take victory laps on my uh, stock market successes. A little Warren Buffett with some of the sports stocks that I own. I'll say I'm doing pretty well. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, continue the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Fins up. Fins up. It's Friday. Let's little buff it right after 5 o'clock. Going to be a short show tonight because the Brewers pregame is going to kick us off at 5.05, but that's okay. We can take off a little early for the weekend. I realize I'm the only one who's working here, so you're like, Grant, we're not we're not getting out of any work. That's just you. I, I know, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it anyways. I'm going to take an early start to my weekend. Maybe I'll go to a happy hour. Talking about this with Cone yesterday who said happy hour is a little overrated. Maybe I'll go find a happy hour right at 5 o'clock. Tony from Texas is here. We're talking Brewers, little NBA playoffs as well. The Nuggets are just impressing me because they're actually taking punches from the Lakers. The Lakers have had some surprisingly good performances. The Nuggets have been able to win anyways and and go up to nothing. That's the difference between a team like the Nuggets, who seem to be on the path to contention this year, and a team like the Bucks. The Bucks are like, well, the Heat won't shoot like that again. And the Nuggets are like, oh, the Lakers played really good, and Anthony Davis had 40. We'll just have to be a little bit better. That's what a contender has to do. And for the Brewers, they were off yesterday. I'm just looking for them to show me something over the next week. They've been kind of a 500 average middling team for the last few weeks. Show me something. Give me some juice. Give me some pep. Give me anything. Tony is in Texas. 608-796-2558. What's up, Tony? Grant, uh, before I get to the basketball, I want to give a formal, formal apology to the city of River Falls. I do apologize for... Uh, <laughs> disparaging their their good name uh also did i hear that mark antonaccio is trying to ban my twitter space is that what you said uh for the sake of the joke that i told at the beginning of the show yes uh for the sake of real life no he is not although he probably okay. would love to it would keep people from ripping on his team and calling him cheap so he'd probably love to ban well, twitter brett from tosa's in there yeah he, i have brett brett from tosa is he's got good takes i i i used to want to push back and fight with Brett and Tosa I don't anymore he's very very good on the Brewers he's he's a reasonable man and a good guy and, and another good guy is our cone roller but bad take on happy hour happy hours when the, when the basically the weekend begins on a Friday at about 3 three thirty. you get the party going and maybe cone would put in eight hours of work he'd appreciate the happy hour you know what I'm saying Grant 
Are you saying maybe if Cohn did something other than listen to sports talk and call radio shows all day, he would appreciate the yeah, release I, that is happy I hour? Think, I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, I was going to say you said it, not me, but I was the one who very specifically said it. So uh, hopefully Cohn doesn't hold that against me. And I've got to agree with your take on the shooters and it won't happen again. Hey, I'm going to go back to the whole dating scene thing. You know, when you go out and you're feeling good, you got a good haircut, you've been in the gym, you know, consistently, you're feeling good. You're feeling confident, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm going to do something tonight. I'm going to go talk to some ladies. I'm going to get some phone numbers, whatever. And, you know, it's the kids are doing the Instagram, you know, they get the Instagram, you know, contacts and all that. That's what they do now. You know, it's the same thing with, with the basketball players, man. They're in the gym, they're shooting. And then they're feeling good, and they're feeling good. It's just momentum. And this Jimmy Butler and these guys that are shooting well, Jamal Murray we saw last night, their confidence is growing. And it's up to the coaches, and we talk about coaching, to try to get the ball out of that player's hands. Now, easier said than done. Almost everyone on the court can shoot. But I don't want to lose. You know, If I'm the Lakers, I take the ball out of Jamal Murray's hands. I don't think Jokic even scored in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Jokic and Jamal Murray have had this nice little system through two games where Jokic goes all out, kind of does everything for the first three quarters, distributing, rebounding, and then as he starts to wear down a little bit and get tired as any, you know, especially a bigger player like him would, then Jamal Murray's the closer, which is a formula we've seen before. Giannis and Middleton kind of did that a few years ago. Shaq yeah. and Kobe is, is a comparison as well. It's not a bad system they have in Denver. It's been working. No, great two-man game. And in the Lakers, though, I think... Honestly, I think I think the Lakers should feel good about themselves right now. Agreed. They've got a chance. I think they can. You know, they're going to roar and kill kill Denver in Game Three, and they'll come down to Game Four then. But this Rob Palinka, this GM, the, the the moves that he made at the break, and then I look at John Horst and the moves he made. I just shake my head, Grant. How can how can John Horst not make any moves like Palinka made? Well, you want to go over some of these? I mean, these these are effective moves moves that he made. Yeah, but the the Lakers needed all of these guys. Like, they did a complete transformation of their team. Oh, and in hindsight, the Bucks did too. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, but I don't... No, I don't think they... No, the Bucks had their team. The Bucks, they were deep. I, and this Bucks team was really good. I think they all just pooped their pants in the first round. The, Lake, the Lakers are such an outlier. That team didn't look like a playoff team for the first couple of months. It was Russell Westbrook, and it was just a weird team. They did a complete and total facelift. They got defense and shooting for a team that had no defense and no shooting. Right. Well, I'll push back a little bit and say I think Jay Crowder was not the move to make. They made that move. We heard about it for months. But, yeah, nonetheless, can't argue your point. They did have the best record in the league, and it just didn't turn out for them because that Miami Heat team, led by Jimmy Butler, knocked him out. The guy's a dog. He's playing tonight. What do you think? Boston-Miami tonight. It's going to be a tough game, I think, for Miami. I think Boston ties it up. Yeah, I think Boston probably wins. But I, I still think it's difficult. Like, I, I don't think they're going to come in and blow the Heat out. The Heat just play with so much more energy and confidence. And I don't know if that – I don't know if we should praise the Heat for that or if it's some something that we should kind of damn the rest of the league for. You know what I mean? It's like I don't, I don't know if, if the Heat have got it going on so well as much as some of these other teams are just immature and they have a hard time getting up for playoff games. Yeah, dare I say they play with grit. You know, they, yep. they play tough, they, they yuck it up, and then they got guys hitting big shots, and they got confidence. And let's not forget their third-best player, Tyler Hero, is, is not playing right now. So 
should be a f- both conference finals, even though our Milwaukee Bucks are not in there. It, it's going to be fascinating, Grant. And Grant, lastly, I do have a ticket with your name on October 29th against the Minnesota Vikings. It's all yours, buddy. If you do want it. And we have two nights at the Lodge. Kohler, you know, we'll be hanging out with the Hobnobs, you know, Ryan Woods, Rob Demopsies, and all those guys. Can I bring, so, a, uh, can I bring a cardigan? And some leather shoes. Like, hey, if we're doing Lodge Kohler and you are serious dress about this, appropriately. Like, I haven't been to a Packer game in a couple of years. I would love to do this. But I, like, I want to dress like a tool. Like, I want to go all out and be one of the rich, the rich people from Appleton that go to Packer games and they really go all out. I want to live that life for one well, night. So will Grant, you do that that's with okay. Me? And- at dinner, you are representing the Tony from Texas brand, so I'd be careful with that. But I, I respect your uh, opinion on fashion. No, no, no. I, I mean, like, like I'm going to wear a watch. Maybe I'll wear a chain, oh, a sport okay. coat. Like, no, I mean, like, I'm going to, I'm going to look like one of the uppity. Like, oh, this guy's got season tickets in his family for a generation. Like, that's what I want people to think when they see me. That's what I'm going to go for. Excellent, Grant. Dinner on me. Oh, Tony, I appreciate that. We'll we'll talk. We can plan because I'm definitely down for this. I got to take a break. Are you going to shave the mustache? Are you going to shave the mustache? Uh, the mustache <laughs> might actually play really well for what I'm trying to go for. There you go. There you go. All right, buddy. Have a good weekend. You as well. Tony in Texas. I am down for a, I am down for a little gathering of the community at the Packers-Vikings game. I'm going to convince my girlfriend to come. She's never been to a game at Lambeau, so I can play that card. Be like, you've never experienced what it's like. Let's just go do it once. I'm not asking her to go to multiple games with me, so I think I can sell her on that. It's not far from her. She lives in Milwaukee. It's not a long drive. And we have a place to stay, and I'll just tell her. I mean, we get to drink wine with Rob Demosky and Tony from Texas. This is actually a dream of mine. I'm going to dress like such a tool. I'm going to wear a watch, maybe a chain, a sport coat over a sweater. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all out for this. This is got something in the works. I love making plans. We're going to come back after a five-minute break. I sat down today. And so there's been, how do I best explain this? There have been some sports stories that I feel like really relate to me. Like I see a player who's doing really well. And I'm like, oh, that's one of my guys. Or a player who's really struggling. And I think, oh, I really like that guy. That kind of sucks. So we're going to do a, a stock market coming up next. I'm going to tell you about all the players that I own stock in, which stocks are up, which stocks are down. That's coming up in a few. But since Cone Roller has called, we can wait on the break for a couple of minutes. Seeing uh, Cone's name was brought up by... Well, by me and Tony. What's going on, Cone? Happy Friday. Fin's up. Fin's up, but geez, you guys just slander in the Cone Roller name. Uh, I, I don't approve of that. I, I mean, Tony, Tony didn't agree with your happy hour take. I was just playing off Tony. We were riffing. That's all it was, Cone. And, you know, if, if Tony doesn't work out as an AAU basketball coach, he would have a great job lined up at rewriting history. I mean, John Horst, not a good GM. Jay Crowder trade was a bad move. Yeah, Tony, you know, it's easy to say that now. But let's be real. Going into the playoffs, we, we thought this roster had it. You can't be blaming John Horst for this. Come on, Tony. Yeah, well, and it's the same with – I saw people during uh, the Lakers-Warriors series were saying the same thing about Bob Myers and the Warriors. Well, the Lakers made all these moves and the Warriors sat on their hands. Yeah, well, the Warriors have won titles. This roster makes sense. They have everything they need. The Lakers didn't. The Lakers are an outlier, and we shouldn't really compare our teams to what the Lakers did. Yeah, honestly. And then I, I got to push back against you a little bit. Um, you compared Austin Reeves to Joe Ingles, okay. which I just think is a joke. You know, Austin Reeves, is he's going to be a free agent this summer. 
he's kind of due for that that white boy glow up that we've seen, you know, with Joe Burrow, Jack Harlow. I think I think Austin Reeve. Yeah, I think Austin Reeve is, is the next white boy hot in the streets. Do you think he gets a different haircut? I can see that. You know, maybe gets it cleaned up a little bit because I saw his press conference last night. He looked like he was in some you know Blink One Eighty Two cover band or something. Yeah, he um. I don't know. I don't know what I think of Austin Reeves. He seems like a guy, like, the last couple nights have been like, damn, he's actually hooping. Like, he's hitting tough shots and, like, been very impressed. But he also seems like the type of player where he's going to get a big contract this offseason, and a year or two we're going to look back and think, oh, what a stupid contract. What a bad contract. Like, a Jordan Poole type of contract. You know what I mean? Yeah, I saw a prediction that he was he was going to be due like four years, fifty million. But I think honestly, after this playoff series, there's going to be some GMs that are dumb enough to pay him, you know, four years, maybe seventy million, somewhere in that range. I mean, he's so. I mean, good for Austin. He, he's playing himself, yeah. playing himself into another contract. He's a Celtics fan's wet dream. So maybe they they lose Jalen Brown and then they give a bunch of money to Austin Reeves this offseason. We'll have to see. I'm not sure. Uh, do you have any commentary on on the happy hour criticism before we move on? I just feel like we we kind of flamed you over that, and I want you to have a chance to defend yourself. Yeah, you know, happy hour. I had a good time at happy hour last night. However, you get back, it's like you know eight o'clock, and you got a pretty solid buzz going on. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like, what do I do now? That, that's kind of the main the main downfall I have with with a happy hour. Um, you know, I guess you can keep it going, but some of these other people they they weren't down. So I'm just going back to my place with a good buzz. So and, and it, then it you, felt like a wasted buzz. And then you get sleepy, and what are you doing? I I will say, you know, I don't go out and drink after work very often. Now, two summers ago, when I you know we we're all coming out of the pandy. And, you know, people our age, and I think we're a similar age, we were rearing to go because we'd been shut up inside for basically a whole year and we couldn't get out there and, you know, flirt and drink and do all the things. You know, us youngins, we love to do. And the summer of 2021, like I, like a couple times a week, I'd just go out, I'd meet everybody, I'd make friends because it was great. We could be social again. And the problem was is if I went out after work at 7, I would much too often find myself still at the bar around midnight. And that, that, that is a problem. So, I mean, what's what's worse, going home with a wasted buzz or turning a happy hour into a five-hour drinking affair until midnight? It's a lose-lose, really. Yeah, I mean, I know I know you and Tony were ripping on me for not working, but, you know, I, I'm up at 7 a.m. listening to my sports talk, getting the emails fired up, <laughs> yeah. checking my sales numbers. You know, but people in your industry, you're not on the air till what, 4 o'clock? You got, you got all the time in the world to sleep in, so, you know, before you cast stones at my house, make sure everything's good at, at your own. Yeah, I uh, look, I'm a creative. You can't put a clock on the work that I do. Don't tell me that I'm not working. I'm, I'm, I live a tortured existence. Every, every minute that I'm awake, I am looking for content and thinking about content. I, I, can't, I can't clock out at a certain time. My, my brain, my work brain never shuts off, Cone. That is a fair point, and I think we're going to get a good chance to kind of review how your brain works in this, uh, you know, reviewing your stock trading. Yeah, yeah. Coming up, I, I hope your Nuggets Sixers prediction is on there and being reviewed because, you know, obviously it didn't work out well for the Sixers, and I'm hoping the same for the Nuggets. So let's go Lakers. It's the Lake Show. Don't drown, yo. They call him King James. Now let the crown show. Let's go Lakers. Fins up, Grant. 
Have a great Friday. Keep my name out of your mouth, and let's go. Thank you, Cone. Have a great weekend. Uh, appreciate you. And well done leading us into our next topic. We're going to review some of my uh, stock purchases and investments in sports over the last couple of months. Some stocks, I'm killing it. I'm up big, and I'm looking to buy more. Some investments, not so much. Uh, some investments have bottomed out, quite frankly, but then maybe I should double down, buy more while it's cheap. I don't know. You can give me advice. Five minutes, and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show fins up. It's Friday. God, this is such a good Buffett song. And also, uh, what an incredible opening line to a song. Stashed his trash in Ecuador, bought a good suit of clothes. Oh, what is oh my goodness. Fins up. It's Friday. Big Ron is here. One of our resident parrot heads. Big Ron, what's going on? Happy fins up Friday. Although you know Jimmy doesn't have a tour scheduled this summer. Isn't that a so there's a lot of speculation that he's in poor health. You know, I'm, I'm on a lot of Jimmy Buffett, like social media groups and stuff. And there's just a lot of speculation out there. So I hope he's all right. I hope he is too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to, I want to call in, well, um, and give my betting takes here for tonight. Oh, yeah. um, I like, uh, I like the heat plus nine and a half. I think that's just too many points. I think Boston will probably come back and win. But I think nine and a half. There's good value there. Love that. And then over in the and I and then I, I know not maybe a lot of your listeners are hockey fans, but over in the NHL, you've got the Golden Knights versus the Stars tonight. And on average, the Golden Knights and the Stars um, have given up a total of eight goals a game throughout these playoffs. And the over under total goals is five and a half. It's really low. So there's huge value on the over. Um, so I'll take the over in the Golden Knight Stars game and then the Heat plus plus nine and a half. And, you know, I, 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 not the pylon corn roller, but uh, um, what? Uh, how can he be a Lakers fan? You know, being from Wisconsin, can't you? don't you have to root for, like, the, the smaller market-sized teams and not the glam, like, Lakers? I think he's just someone who supports LeBron, wants to see LeBron succeed. I think that's probably just looking at his tweets from the last couple of days. I think he's just on a LeBron crusade. So that's probably what he's after. Yeah, I mean, me being an old guy, an old timer, I'm more of a Jordan fan than a LeBron fan. You're not that old, Big Ron. Come on now. You listen to Buffett. You're young at heart. Come on. <laughs> young at heart, maybe. But I don't know. I, I, I saw, you know, I'm old enough to have seen both of them play. And I just think, actually, I think, <coughs> I think uh, Jimmy Butler has been the closest thing this playoff series. Yes. Um, to Michael Jordan that I've seen. Yes. Um, Michael Jordan holds, he holds the all-time career playoff scoring record um, at like 32.5 points a game. You can look it up. And I think that's exactly what Jimmy uh, Butler is averaging in this playoffs. I mean, this has been a Jordan-esque run for sure by him. Did you uh, did you stay up late for the what were there six overtimes last night four overtimes how many how many overtimes were there last no night? no I watched the fourth quarter of the uh, the Denver uh, Lakers game and saw Murray go on fire and Jokic was facilitating I did not stay up late uh, late enough to uh, watch those four overtimes yeah I mean those guys must have just been dying after that's over two two full games they played. 
So uh, I'm, I'm with you, by the way, on the Heat covering. I think the Celtics are going to win. But when has Boston ever made anything look easy? Like the idea that they're just going to cruise to a mm-hmm. win? I, I wouldn't bet on it. It might happen, but I, I would bet the Heat keeping it close and at least making it interesting at the end, which is all they need to do to cover. So I'm with you there. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, if Tatum goes off or whatever um, for 50 like he did in Game 7, um, yeah, then they could probably blow him out. But I just think that's unlikely in the odds are in your favor. So take the Heat in 9.5. What do you got going this weekend, Grant? Well, I'm going to be in, in your fair city. I'm going to be in Milwaukee, Big Ron. Uh, not much. We're going to be lay low. This is when life starts to get real busy. I have so many weddings the next couple weeks. I got a concert. I got a move coming up in a few weekends. So when there's a weekend like this where there's no wedding and we don't have anything planned, we just, it is lay low. Maybe we'll, you know, so get out, get the, some drinks tomorrow. The fiance, huh? What's up? Visiting the fiance. Yes, I am visiting the fiance. I'm visiting the fiance <laughs> in Milwaukee. What should I do? Well, you tell me. It's your city. That's where you hail from. What should I do in Milwaukee on a you know if you if you want to, on a Saturday afternoon, you should go on a river cruise on the Milwaukee River. There's a brew pub cruise where, where it starts at Lakefront Brewery, and it's um I don't know if it's still called oh, I forget the name of the Hard Rock Brewery downtown. And then there's the brewery on the south side in the third ward that it stops at. And I forget the name of that brewery. But it's like a brew pub tour on the river. And you buy a, you know, a ticket and you cruise on the, I think it's Edelweiss maybe that does it. Oh. That would be my recommendation for a per, if the weather's nice for a perfect Saturday afternoon evening. I think I might write that down. I think if the wedding's... The wedding. Oh, God. See, I got romance on the brain. If the weather's nice tomorrow, I think we might do that, Big Ron. I got to take one last break, and then I got to do the stock market segment. Otherwise, I did, like, an hour of prep today for no reason at all. And I will be damned if I go into the weekend wasting an hour worth of work. (laughs) Gotcha, man. Fins up. Fins up. Have a great weekend. That's Big Ron in Jersey. Let's take a break so we have enough time before five o'clock uh i need to take some l's and take some victory laps looking forward to this wisco sports show back in three minutes this is the wisco sports show with grant bills on the wisconsin sports zone radio network wisco sports show my name is grant bills happy friday it's a Fins Up Friday. It's a Franklin's Tower Friday. <laughs> it's a Fish Friday, too. This is a fish earlier today. Is Big Ron a fish guy? I've never asked him. And he loves Buffett. No, he loves the dead. I wonder if he's a fan. Spelled P-H-A-N. Send me a text, 608-796-2558. We only got about 10 minutes left to the show because the Brewers pregame is going to kick us off at 5.05. 540 start there in Tampa Bay at the Trop this evening. I want to see something from the Brewers. So I don't know why or how this happened, but as I've checked Twitter over the last week, I've just seen a lot of names that I feel connected to. You know what I mean? Like some people, put it this way, some people like throwing money around in the stock market, a little day trading, you know, turn and burn, make a little cash. I personally try to think about money as little as possible, but I do buy sports stock. I I do throw a lot of capital around in the sports stock market, buying players, buying teams. So I want to go down a list of players in which I own a lot of stock. I I have four players here. I own a lot of stock in each one of these guys. 
Some stocks are really down. Some stocks I'm absolutely crushing, like I'm Warren Buffett here. And all of these guys have been in the news one way or another in the last week. Stock number one, and I own a ton of stock uh, in D'Angelo Russell. (laughs) I fell in love with him in Brooklyn, hated him in Minnesota, mostly because Wolves fans blamed him for everything. Now I love him in L.A. He's supposed to be in a big city, a lot of flash. I just think he's awesome. I love watching him play. I don't want him on my team, but I love watching him play. It's been a bad week to own a lot of D'Angelo Russell stock. I'm a, I might be a majority owner in D'Angelo Russell stock. Price is cratered right now. The Lakers are minus 41 in 59 minutes with Russell on the floor. They're plus 30 in the 37 minutes with him off the floor. Not great. Not ideal. He's also averaging in this series, just for context, uh, nine points per game, 43% true shooting. Not good. 36% from the field. Not good. 12% from three. Horrid. Horrendous. I also think the Lakers have a chance to make this a series at home. So I am going to hold and maybe buy a little more stock. I might buy more. The price is right to buy low. So I'm saying I'm a big buy low guy. So I might buy some D'Angelo Russell stock. Price can't go down farther. So I might as well get some now. Stock number two, Ethan Small. Now I own a pile of both Aaron Ashby and Ethan Small stock. It's a mutual fund type of thing. I, I just bought stock across the board with these two guys. I talked to Ethan Small at spring training. He was sent to AAA uh, literally hours later. Uh, right now, I think it's a great time to buy more Ethan Small. Month of May in AAA, he's pitched nine innings. He's allowed one run, 13 strikeouts, seven walks. A little bit of an issue, but whatever. Opponent average of 129. And his Wade Miley now is going to miss six to eight weeks. I would rather start Ethan Small than start Jason Alexander or Jansen Junk. I would rather go for Robert Gasser or Ethan Small. Obviously, Aaron Ashby's not an option. I would rather start a young player who might get something from the experience. So I think with this Wade Miley injury and with Brandon Woodruff already being out, and there's an opportunity to buy some Ethan Small right here because I think maybe he comes up and joins the Brewers at some point. Maybe. Maybe the Brewers go in a different direction. I think Ethan Small might be a nice option, and they need somebody. So it could be Ethan Small. Stock number three. And these stocks are going to the moon. My D'Angelo Russell stock not doing well. Ethan Small, we're kind of just holding. Stock number three is all of the Samari Toure stock that I hold, and I own a pile. And I keep telling you, I've been telling you all offseason. It's Christian Watson, it's Romeo Dubs, and it's Samari Toure. It's a big three. It's a big three. The same way that there was a big four on the Miami Heat with Wade, Bosch, LeBron, and Mario Chalmers. It's a big three. Watson, Dobbs, and Toure. Go back and watch the all 22 of the Buffalo game and that touchdown. I'm telling you, he looks spry. Good instincts, got open. And plus, I don't know if you saw this, Jason Vrabel, Packers wide receiver coach, speaking about Samari Toure yesterday. Quote, you wouldn't even recognize the guy compared to last year. Wide receiver coach Jason Vrabel on Samari Toure added that he's put on 8 to 10 pounds. Woo! Feeling good with that stock. I'm feeling great. Great, great, great about my Samari Toure stock. Fantastic. And some of these young wide receivers being drafted in later rounds. Not Jaden Reed, because I think Jaden Reed's going to get every opportunity to play. But Dontavian Wicks and the other guy they drafted, whose name escapes me because I don't have it in front of me, and I'll just be honest about it. These guys are going to light a fire under Samari Toure. 
buy, buy, buy. Luckily, I already own a lot of Samari Touré stock. I bought it when it was dirt cheap. If you want to buy in now, it's going to cost you a little more, but it might be a worthwhile investment. I think the, the price can only go higher, so I would get in on that. And my final stock, and this is one, I, I'm making millions. I'm going to buy my a second house in Palm Beach with the money I'm going to make from this stock. Orlando Arcia. You know that I've owned stock in, as long as stock has been around, I've owned stock in Orlando Arcia. Hated to see him leave. I was irate the day of the, the Willie Adams trade, I called him at the time. Later learned that his name was Willie Adamas. Never, not my best moment. Well, 22 games this year. He's got four home runs, 12 RBIs, and he's hitting 342 and making $170 million combined less over the course of this contract than the shortstop that the Braves let go, Dansby Swanson. Also, he had a go-ahead home run in the top of the ninth last night. Oh, Orlando Arcia with a clutch home run, a clutch hit in a big moment. That should surprise absolutely no one. Brewers postseason home run leader, big game king. Remember that game he had against the game 163 against the Cubs? He had four hits that day. People remember Ryan Braun's big moment, Lorenzo Cain's big moment. I remember Orlando Arcia's four moments that game. He was all over the base pass. They couldn't get him out. I own so much Orlando Arcia stock, and I'm cashing it all in, and I'm going to use it to buy a second house in Palm Beach. That's how much money I'm going to make off my Orlando Arcia stock. Oh, he's killing it. And I miss him. I miss the guy. Loved Orlando Arcia. I know, Bre- I know Brendan Madison agrees with me. She's another member of the, the card-carrying Orlando Arcia fan club. I'm going to be so rich off that stock. God, love that guy. So I'm losing money with D'Angelo Russell, but at this point I might buy some more because it's low. And I still think the Lakers have a chance in this series. And if they do, D'Angelo Russell's stock price, that's naturally going to go back up. So I'll buy a little low. Ethan Small, an interesting time to maybe get in. He could be getting a call-up. They need starting pitchers. I think Ethan Small is the most productive call-up. I would rather see him than Jason Alexander or Jansen Junk. Robert Gasser, maybe. It just depends on who the Brewers want to go with. Samari Toure, I think a great time to go up. And uh, Orlando Arce, I mean, to the, to the moon, straight up. That's surprising. Absolutely no one. We're going to take a break, come back, just listen to a little Jimmy Buffett, and then get out of here because the Brewers are taking over at 5.05. Let's get an update from Zach Heilprin, come back, and just listen to some Buffett. I can't wait. We'll sail off into the weekend. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. Love the chicken, I'm shaking, shaking.